0: Hey, everybody. Happy Tuesday. It's raining, raining, raining here. Um, But I hope everybody's staying okay, safe. You know, the drill. I feel like whenever we talk about COVID or whenever I talk to anybody these days, I'm just like, is everybody okay? So, so crazy. But I I truly do hope everyone's doing all right. I have some really fun announcements um, before we get into this episode. I am so excited. We have a Patreon. I didn't really know what Patreon was until one of my favorite podcasts. Um, it's a Harry Potter podcast. For those of you who might like Harry Potter, Um, it's called Potterless. It's fantastic. Please check it out. But anyway, he, he started a Patreon and I didn't know what it was. So I, I looked it up and Patreon is fantastic. It's a way to support your favorite creators if you want. So, you know... I'm going to link it at the bottom of the description of this episode, and I'm going to also be putting it on our website and, you know, blasting it out. Um, And it's it's really cool. So, you know, there's three tiers that you'll see um, that you can donate money to us. It's a very small amount. Also, if you don't do this, it doesn't matter. We are so appreciative of our community. Um, but the funds that we would get from Patreon would just go to supporting the podcast. You know, if uh, Jamie and I, we've had to buy some recording equipment or, or, or things like that, or if we're going to have like merchandise for you guys, just, you know, additional things like that. It can just help all things Montessori run a little bit better. And, you know, if we can uh, increase some of our funds for all things Montessori, then, you know, we're just able to do more, you know, you know how it goes. Um, So go ahead and check it out. I'm so pumped. So, you know, if you sign up to be a Patreon member, you can get some merchandise, you can get some additional episodes, um, maybe some mentoring, you'll have to check it out. It's pretty cool. Um, And I'm just going to see, we're going to, we're going to watch how it goes and then, you know, just see what our community needs. So if you're thinking of something or, or something comes to your head, like you know, actually, I think I really need this from All Things Montessori, or it'd be cool if they did this. Please reach out to us. Send, send us an email, allthingsmontessoripod at gmail.com. Um, we're always looking for suggestions. Um, we are heading into a new school year, and I know that a lot of our listeners are parents and have children of their own, and I know you're facing a Really hard decision. And also teachers, I know you're facing a hard decision where we're all being kind of asked to go back to school or continue to homeschool. Things that we never thought, you know, would be happening. Um, And we want to continue to support our community and we know that we're going to need each other, especially during this time. So anyway... I think Patreon will be awesome. Um, And yeah, reach out to us if you have any questions about it. And our episode today is all about observation. Um, And we talk about how important observation is in Montessori and how important it is in the classroom. But the second half of the episode is all about how we can do it during the pandemic. And, and we come up with some really cool ideas. So without further ado, we're going to jump into this week's episode all about observation. And once again, thank you to our community for being so strong and so supportive. We love you guys so much. Enjoy.
1: Hey, Jamie, how's it going? It's going pretty well. A nice rainy day here today,
0: which is a nice change. Oh my gosh, I know. I love myself a good rainy day and my plants are also happy. Um, I I don't know about you, our grass is like completely brown because it's been so dry here.
1: Yeah, yeah, it's been a dry summer.
0: Oh yes, yeah, so it's a nice change. Um, so we thought we would talk today about one of the most important um, components of the Montessori classroom. Um, And that is observation. It sounds a little bit simplistic in, you know, just saying that word, but observation and how we observe children in our work as Montessorians is it's one of the most important parts of being a Montessori guide. You know, you can't really do Montessori without observing. That's the whole point, you know, wouldn't you say?
1: Yeah, I mean the thing about the Montessori approach is that it is not a curriculum. It is it is a a response to children's needs and the only way we know what they need is by observing them. I mean, sometimes Mm -hmm. they can tell us directly too, but really we have to observe them and see what they're showing us and then respond to those needs. And so if we aren't observing children, both as parents and as classroom practitioners, uh, then we aren't able to respond as effectively to what the children are showing.
0: That's right. I mean, it's, it's so... It's It's just like that, right? like you know it's we go by we're following the child, that's it, right, and that's what observation means is seeing how they're either responding to lessons or they're responding to work or just maybe how they're interacting in the classroom you know it tells you so much um and you know I remember in training and and after training, I always had it in my head that, oh, okay, I haven't observed this week or today or something. I have to make time for it. And it always felt a little impossible at times. Like I couldn't just sit down for five minutes and do it um, because sometimes five or 10 minutes is all you have. And it it also but it shows you so much. Right. If you step back for a few minutes, you see so much. Yeah. Because when I feel like when we get in the thick of teaching and running around and it's chaotic and everything's happening, you know, it's a whirlwind Um, But stepping back and truly watching. Yeah. And taking notes. And that's when you come up with your best lessons, I think. And then the best part about it is uh, when you observe a child and then you present to them something based on that observation, their reaction makes it all worth it because they can see that you kind of like looked into their soul (laughs) in a way. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And, and you they really, really respond well to it.
1: Well, and I think that is really the key. Like, of course, throughout the busy day, um, we're always aware, you know, aware of a lot of things and we're doing some observation and that sort of, um, you know, in the thick of it observation is useful. So it's not that you, you know, I know teachers are doing that, but you're right. Like we have to take five to 10 minutes and really five to 10 minutes is a great amount. You know, if you can get 10 minutes in a day where you're sitting and really focused on observation, not observing while you're giving a lesson or observing while you're interacting with a child or any of the other things that also are important, but where you really just focus on observing and seeing what is happening, you're going to see so much more than what you might have expected. There are, Mm -hmm. you know, there are things that you miss when you're observing uh, while sort of distracted. But when you are really present in the moment for those 10 minutes or so of observation a day, the children reveal themselves to you in a way that you won't see if you haven't done that observation.
0: Mm Mm-hmm oh, it's it's so true. Um, I want to go back a little bit to training and when we were sent out to go on our observation, and you talked to us about how we were going to be doing something called scientific observation. And we were going to be observing everything that the child was doing, but not how it, it was it had none of our own opinions in it. So it wasn't like Sam looks happy today, right? It would be. Sam took a pencil and wrote on her notepad or something like that. Very specific, detailed, almost boring observations. (laughs) To be honest, those days were really long. Um, But through that experience, I began to see what the whole point was um, because I was really watching intently and detailed and seeing exactly what they were doing Um, And it was training my eye to see those things quicker. Um, And I found that after that, I actually saw the world a bit differently, too. Um, With my friends, family, you know, everybody, I found that I was just more of I would step back sometimes and observe rather than trying to intervene almost. It's bizarre.
1: Well, and I think, you know, Montessori tells us that in our, you know, so Montessori observed and that's where this whole approach emerged from. So that is Mm -hmm. something we have to remember, like she herself, in all her genius and wisdom, spent, you know, so many hours observing children. And that's how she could Mm -hmm. develop this whole approach. And she tells us that it is you will you you will feel impatient and uncomfortable observing and that we have to push past that so that's part of the reason uh, you have so many observation hours required in a, a oh, diploma yeah. course to mm-hmm. help really push past the boredom, the the sort of impatience, and then allow yourself to truly see, just like you said, you know the things that you see. And to apply that practice of scientific observation, where we do truly just want to record, what the children are actually doing and not make judgments we can we can reflect later or have some you know evaluation statements or judgments separate from our observation like maybe he's mm-hmm. feeling this maybe he's feeling that but in the moment we want to just write what we see so you can't really tell from observing someone if they are, in fact, happy, but you can say that they're smiling and they're, uh, you know, skipping across the room or mm, something like mm-hmm, that, you know, mm-hmm. th- so you can you can be objective in those observations. And then you might say, uh, is he happy? Is he feeling a sense of accomplishment about the project he just finished or whatever? So but that's not a scientific question. Objective observation—that's sort of trying to, to piece together what may be causing the behavior that we see.
0: Right, right. And I mean, I think like body language is the, just a huge tell for any for how someone's responding to something. Yeah. Um, and that's that's something that um I personally got a lot better at reading. Um, and it just it, again it takes time, but you see those sort of warning signs. Um, that are like, oh, okay, that didn't that lesson wasn't it didn't go well and uh, okay. Or oh, those two don't work well together. Got it, got it. okay, great. Or that child is having a hard time like folding that piece of paper. You know, this this leads to so many things. Mm-hmm. Um, and the most important thing though, as you observe, um, whenever something really strikes you, write it down because then you're going to start to see patterns. And this is going to help you when perhaps you might have to talk to the parents about something. I mean, there could be an inkling of um, a learning disability or something like that. And as you you should remember, we are not doctors of any – we are not able to diagnose at all But you can call upon your observation notes and you can simply share what you see. Mm -hmm. And that's going to be really helpful in those really, really tough conversations. yeah. So just remember to write it down. Yeah.
1: <laughs> Those observations are invaluable in meetings with parents about concerns, but also just about, um, the you know, showing that we know their child. And it definitely, the your observations can be really valuable if you have students on an IEP or a 504 oh, plan yeah. where you need to... Mm-hmm where you need to keep track and meet certain sort of goals. So all of that is a really are really those are practical reasons to observe beyond just supporting the children, but really the goals of observation are to really see what are the child's needs and to help us determine how to respond to those needs that they're showing us. And to help us remove obstacles to the children's growth and development. So when you observe a child is struggling with something then you have to say, okay, is this a need that needs to be fulfilled, right? Do I need to Mm -hmm. remove the obstacle or is the struggle okay? And the child is going to overcome that. And that's going to be a good learning experience. Like all the time, we have to be observing and then thinking and reflecting to decide how to act in the moment Mm -hmm. as well as how to act or respond, you know, longer term. Mm -hmm. Like you were saying, like when you see patterns, Does that mean that I need to respond right now? Or do I want to collect more data and see if this pattern keeps going? Or, you know, like, so it's a constant sort of observation and reflection cycle that can happen in, you know, 30 seconds in the classroom, or it may happen over several days or weeks as you observe and reflect on your observations.
0: Right. Yeah, and I mean, I think uh, as, you know, Things look a little differently right now, but I just want to touch on, you know, when we are all back in the classroom, it might seem tough to take that time to observe, but it can just be something that will become a routine in your classroom. And just like anything, the children will understand, oh, Miss or Mr. So-and-so sitting in that chair with a piece of paper, they do that every day for a little bit. Okay. I mean, it, it's just, I, I've, I've fell into this trap a lot and I know other friends of mine have as well where you just don't feel like you have time because it's you're just constantly problem solving, constantly trying to like make everything work or or whatever you may be doing um but those those observation is one of the most important things. So definitely just try to make time for it. Um and it can even start as being as little as 2 to 3 minutes in the morning or something like that. Um and then hopefully you build up to longer stretches, um because at the beginning of the year, you know, it's obviously a little bit harder to step away because you're just doing like, you know, crisis control <laughs> and uh, you know, trying to set all the rules and on all those sorts of things. Um, but yeah, super important. Um, and I
1: it's critical. It, it's yeah. just so critical, yep, it
0: totally is. So let's actually talk a little bit about um how observation. Um, in today's world can be possible um it it just is going to look a little bit differently and you're going to have to rely on the parents more so than you usually would um Mm -hmm. yeah
1: so i think that's a big key if i were working um with in a school right now, I would really provide a lot of resources for parents about observation and how they can observe, and then build the sort of communication tool you want to have in place that they can share some of those observations with you,
0: mm-hmm.
1: so that because parents um, have a lot of knowledge about their child that's very useful and valuable, but but they don't necessarily know to the depth that uh, the guide knows of how to take those observations and be able to then act on them uh, to support the child's development, you know, with, with some lessons or with some, um, you know, some activities or things like that. So, so yeah, I mean, I would be helping parents to understand how to observe and then build a system where they can share those observations with you um, as the guide And I think one of the key things to help parents understand as they're observing and for us to remember, too, is that we we are always looking for the child who isn't who hasn't revealed themselves to us yet. Mm -hmm. Does that make sense? So like we're like we're not we're not looking for the child who always makes a mistake and always like causes a problem, even if that's what the child has been doing in all Mm -hmm. our observations for all the previous days. Like we are coming to each observation with a clean mind, ready for the child who hasn't revealed something to us yet to reveal that. Mm -hmm. And it could be a developmental milestone. It could be a shift in behavior. It could be the acquisition of a a particular skill, whatever the child is going to show us. But we we have to come you know really fresh to our observations and not let past experience or past observations um sort of derail our objectivity and that's important for parents to do at home and that that comes with a lot of practice observing where you really let the child show themselves to you and not let yourself see just the child who was here yesterday or two weeks ago or whatever
0: this is one of the hardest parts about it to be to be quite honest and I just had to you know kind of I had to literally sit there and remind myself in my head that this was a new day and I'm I had to just It's it's really tiring, um, Mm -hmm. to be honest, because, you know, as humans, we pass judgment and we also kind of hold grudges and it might not be a negative thing, but maybe you just have something in your head that you just can't, you know, can't get out of it. Or you need to remind yourself, okay, this particular child was sort of a pain last week, (laughs) but, you know, you have to sort of get that out of your head uh, because it's not helpful Um, Uh -uh. and it's just going to it's going to clout your judgment over and over again. Um, And parents will have a tough time with this kind of on both uh, in both ways, because while they may hold on to something, they're also they hold their child in the highest regard as well. So it's really hard for them to maybe to maybe identify that. Oh, okay. like even if it's not that negative, it's hard for them to identify problem areas much more so than it would be for us. So that's something to help them with.
1: it certainly can be. And I think when we when we have a when we don't allow the children to really just show us who they are today, when we cloud it with uh, who they were yesterday or some you know something else like that or who we think they are, we aren't actually going to see. What the child could show us, because we're going to see what we have already decided in our mind this child is. Mm-hmm. And so we're going to work to fill, to make our observations support the judgment we already have. And instead, we have to come to every observation without those judgments so that we can truly see who the child is right now and what that child's showing me right now. And then we can, of course, pull that back into the other observations that we've had and see whether there's patterns or whether, you know, what's going on there and and do some evaluation and judgment. But in the observation time, we have to let the children show us, you mm-hmm. know, and, and, you know, we've all made the mistake of not observing carefully enough and, and, uh, Responding sort of inappropriately Mm -hmm. where where you respond when, you know, an escalation occurs and perhaps reprimand the person who caused that escalation because, of course, he's always causing them. (laughs) I've seen it 20 times before, but then. If we had observed carefully or gotten to the root of the issue, we could have found out that actually that child had resisted escalation for 20 minutes Mm -hmm. and some other children were persistently trying to escalate the situation and the child finally gave in. Uh, And so... It can, you know, our observation can lead us to respond more effectively to the children as well, but it could, it can, you know, our lack of observation can cause us to bring just judgment to our interactions with children rather than, you know, again, that, you know, that poor little guy that tried for 20 minutes to resist escalating and getting mad. That was a big accomplishment, you know.
0: <laughs> right, right, right. And
1: to be reprimanded for um, not being able to go 21 minutes with that is just hard. So, so that's part of the observation, and and helping parents understand that. And if you're teaching at a distance right now or getting ready to, you know, the observation you can do is in in your. Uh, one-on-one time with children or however you're spending time online with them. But it's just Mm -hmm. much more limited.
0: It is. And I think, yeah, one-on-one meetings, um, definitely have them once a week, if not more. Uh, Definitely just sort of see how it goes and see what your community needs. I also think that you should meet with the parents regularly. I mean, what would you say is a good amount of time, like a, a good... I almost say once a week for the parents, but I don't know. What do you think, Jamie?
1: Well, I'm really conscious of the sort of strain and of um, of doing all this on the teacher. Mm-hmm. If You've got 20, mm-hmm. 25 kids. That's a lot. I think for an individual meeting, no more than half an hour. Yeah, I think the yeah. children cannot handle that. So 15 right. minutes to half an hour once a week. And if you've got 25 children, then that's, you know, good 12 or so hours of your time in a given week yeah um so with parents consider the best way to approach that if you if maybe at the beginning of the year you start off with some um with an individual meeting with parents to kind of get it started uh if you can if you have the capacity for that or whether you have some group calls with parents. Mm-hmm. You know, maybe, maybe once a week there's a there's a call on a on a theory topic for parents, or maybe once a month or something, so that you've got you've got something that you're doing to provide support for for your parent community. Mm-hmm. Um and uh just be really careful about the amount of time, you know, really think through that very carefully as a school and as a classroom about how much time teachers are giving to this. Because Zoom, we all know, Zoom calls are exhausting. Yeah, it's so, and, it's exhausting. And we don't have the same cues. Even when we can see each other, we don't have the same sort of cues we would get if we were all sitting around a table together. Yeah. Um, because it's harder to read body language. We don't get the sort of... um even just the the little bit of auditory cues we get through the way, you know, people's bodies moving and hearing that movement. You know, we just, it takes a lot more effort. Um, so just be really conscious about what you can do. But as you're thinking about your plan to do distance learning, figure out a way to include parents. Even if it is just a, you know, a, a monthly uh, parent call where you're doing a little bit of parent Uh, education, you know, offering some information about the children. And then, you know, you could have some questions, you know, answer some questions or have them submit questions that you could organize into some general responses that would serve would serve them all. Um,
0: Yeah, yeah, it's it's hard. (laughs) It's super hard. And I was just going to say it doesn't you don't need to be on Zoom. I mean, I'm sort of I don't know. I'm old school in this way. I think you can also do things via phone. Um, And some, I think definitely seeing each other in person as, you know, more often is probably better. Like I know Zoom isn't in person, but seeing the person visually definitely helps feel helps you feel connected. Um, But, you know, sometimes I think connecting over the phone, I can get a more authentic experience because we're used to talking on the phone. Like we're not used to Zoom. You know, people are can be weird on camera because we're all like, is the angle right? Like, where do I look? Like, it can be kind of weird. So sometimes if, you know, if a parent wants to chat with you, you can have them call you on your phone. I mean, it's it's kind of up to you and what's going to serve your community the best. Um, I know everyone's just trying to figure that out. Um, But just like, you know, if you were in the classroom, I would just want to definitely reiterate, don't have hard conversations in an email. Like, just, Don't like even though we can't see each other right now, I don't that's not a good idea to do that. It's always a good it's just, you know, you can say, let's schedule a time to chat, but always make it either via Zoom or on the phone, even though we're in quarantine and things are crazy. That doesn't mean that we can just, you know, resort to email. (laughs) Right, right. And as
1: you're, I was just thinking if, if you're going to in person school, but all the children are wearing masks, mm-hmm. that creates a new challenge for observation as well. Yes. Because you aren't going to be able to see the facial expressions in the same way. Um, so it's just something to be really conscious of in your observation. If you have, if you're doing it in person, but, but, but everyone's got their masks on, which, of right, course, right. is a great idea. Every, you know, we want to, we want to stop the spread of this virus, so those masks are a huge key to that.
0: They really are, but yeah, it doesn't it does make things complicated. I feel like when I'm when I'm at the grocery store, if I'm, you know, speaking with someone out, I have to tell them, "Oh, I'm I'm smiling at the joke you just made." <laughs> right? <laughs> it's so weird. Oh my god, it's so weird. Um yeah. Oh man, but yeah, I mean, um even though COVID is um restricting our ability to observe uh more frequently and in a better way um it's still possible um it's just it's just navigating it a little bit differently so um, remember that the parents can be your allies in this, um, and call on them for their support, um, because they know this is a crazy time and they ultimately, of course, they want the best for their child, um, and definitely continue to connect with your students, uh, with those one-on-one meetings. And, and like everything that we do in the classroom, some things are trial and error. And then we realize, oh, okay, I'm going to do it this way. It's the same thing with quarantine. We're all figuring this out together. Um, So remember, if you are teaching, um, remember to take a step back and don't be too hard on yourself um, and observe how it's going. You know, maybe it's not. Mm -hmm. Maybe it needs to go a different way. Maybe you need to do more of this or less of that or something. You know, we're just taking it one step at a time.
1: Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So, yeah, be patient with yourself and be patient with parents as we Mm -hmm. navigate this this reality and and offer these little bits and keys that can support parents and support you and observation's a big one even though observation's going to look a lot different this year in uh in classrooms and uh online depending what depending on what you're doing it's still (laughs) going to be different yeah still going to be different yeah